Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Inside Access with Jason Lockonfora and Ken Wyman. Sponsored by Stevenson University Online. 1057 The Fan. Really think it's a credit to the players and how they've been able to execute, take advantage of certain things. Um, you can draw up any play you want, but it comes down to on, on offense. It comes down to execution. Every once in a while, you're going to make a playoff schedule and whatnot, but that that's not sustainable. You've got to be able to execute. The guys are doing a really good job. The backs, I think, are understanding what we're trying to get done. That really helps. Uh, so there's some synchronicity starting to be born. We're really excited about the guys stepping up. It's all about opportunity, you know. And don't, don't think for a second these guys won't step up and take advantage of that opportunity that's in front of them. Greg Roman talking about the offense, dropping a police reference in there with synchronicity. And I don't know where the haters are after the game Monday night. Remember, this was Lamar Jackson without his two best running backs, without his number one wide receiver, without his all-pro tight end. And they run for 188 yards. He throws a touchdown to Isaiah Likely. They win 27-13. And we talked about this a little, a little earlier in the week, or yesterday, because the game was Monday. Uh, I thought the play calling on Monday night was exceptional from Greg Roman, Jason. How you like him now? <laughs> Haters. Six and three, heading into the bye. What do you with think of Giro now? Carolina looming. What, are they going to be a double-digit favorite against Carolina in two weeks? Probably. Yeah, home against the Panthers. That will probably be another game where they open up a double-digit lead to continue this ridiculous stretch. Um, yeah, I thought it was a good time to take a step back, and Greg Roman seems to, at many times, be uh, public enemy number one for Raven Nation. Uh, people, I think, want to in many cases, hold him responsible for personnel failings, for limitations of various parts of the roster. Um, For a side of the ball where we just saw it happen again. Mm -hmm. They have a chance to use that second-round pick on a receiver or a linebacker or a corner or whatever else they wanted to do on defense. They used it on a linebacker. So I have always thought of Greg Roman as a do-more-with-less guy and someone who has been a vital element in the creation of this offensive identity and of finding things that suit Lamar in this team so well. And you can't... You know, people give out midseason awards, right? But they don't mean anything. It's hollow. We've got the most meaningful portion of the season still to come. But at a midseason-ish buy, I think it's a... Personally, a good time to give Giro some roses. He deserves it. And 
we made fun of him last year about not opening up the vault, and he's really opened it up this year. And you just think of all the different looks that you've seen, whether it's direct snaps to Mark Andrews, Pat Ricard, Mark Andrews pitching the ball to Lamar yeah. Jackson, the little Kansas City shovel pass for a couple touchdowns there. And it's back to 2019, Ken, and I, I was hoping that that would be a turning point the second half at Tampa Bay but you you look at it where they're fifth in scoring, they're sixth in rushing percentage, twenty seventh in passing percentage, and another wrinkle that failed to mention that a lot more under center this year than in years past. So Greg Roman is improvising and adapting. He's evolving as an offensive coordinator. This year. Absolutely, and yes, the headline is the running game. But I'll tell you what. The play design of the touchdown pass to Isaiah Likely was an absolute thing of beauty, and Lamar sold it well, and then Likely just leaks behind. Perfect pass, easy touchdown. That's you got to give Greg Roman credit for that as well. He the play designs, and again, they, we, we weren't expecting Lamar to chuck the ball over the yard Monday night without much in the receiving game, but still in those opportunities. And I also like the fact that I don't know if it's coaching or if it's just Lamar. But he is throwing the ball to the running backs more than he ever has before. No, he absolutely has. And that's been such a missing part of this offense. And really, the most he's gotten out of a running back was probably Mark Ingram in 2019. Yeah. But even that wasn't a ton. And it's about Lamar hitting layups, right? Yes. And and kind of preserving himself from taking those shots, running the football. And he's ran less this year. Jason, last year, we we would opine about the fact that like Lamar would be trying to hit the home runs constantly and either turning the ball over or incompletes when, as Tim just referred to it, he's got a layup right there. He seems to be looking for those layups more often, and I think that, in the long run, that's good for him. It's it had to happen. That, that there's no reason not to have more of a lean into the horizontal passing game, not just as it's scripted, but as it's available as a default under pressure, and as something that Lamar Jackson just himself finds a predilection to 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 not staving it off, right? To to embracing it, and. I mean, you could put some of that on the coaches, but you can't tell me that they haven't been like that. This hasn't been a point of emphasis in the past. If we've seen it, and they listen to Bobby D at the castle over there, and he's yeah. screaming for it for years, like I get it. Greg Roman's never been a guy who who's going to emphasize the screen game like an Andy Reid, but but my God, you got to have a little bit of everything. And this has felt like a long time coming, you know, too long a time coming. But yes, I think ultimately the biggest barrier was probably Lamar. And just his willingness to do that rather than try to use his legs himself. No, I, absolutely. And I think you hope that you can continue to see that with a Justice Hill out of the backfield, a King on Drake out of the backfield. And also uh, the thing that has made this engine go is the offensive line. And that was such a huge question mark coming into the year. Ronnie Stanley, he was the ultimate X factor at left tackle, and no one could have envisioned him playing at this high of a level. And the O-line has been what's made this running game go and also kept Lamar Jackson upright and given him a lot more confidence, especially compared to last year. Ken. Absolutely. And you, you, he should be getting some help at running back as we get back from the bye. He'll have Gus Edwards back, we assume, and possibly J.K. Dobbins in the, in the week's 
after that, J.K. Dobbins, I said four to six weeks. That was what a few weeks ago. So you come back from the bye, and, and you're probably you're probably looking at. Remember, Dobbins is the guy that wants to get out there all the time anyway. So I don't know what you're going to get out of him exactly. But you're but you're probably going to get him back at some point. Yeah, and then what does that role look like? I, I don't know. You know the the look. They looked really good running the ball in the second half yesterday. The the best they've looked running the football. This season is when Gus Edwards got the bulk of you know lion's share of the work. And I liked the way Gus looked before this setback yeah. more than I liked the way JK looked. And then you factor in pass pro and just how much time he's missed. I don't know what it looks like. It can't be a bad thing having JK Dobbins available to you. I, I don't know that it's going to be the main thing. No, and and where does he fit in in a couple weeks where Gus is going to be that workhorse? And we've been talking at King on Drake up and down, but now he he's finding holes and he's hitting holes. And we've all been high on Justice Hill. It is first world problems, like you like to say, Jason. But I'm just curious what his role will be, and and maybe he's more of a guy Ken that. You throw two out of the backfield. Well, that's what I was thinking as well when we talk about Lamar hitting those layups in the running game. Who is probably the best receipt? Now, again, what is what is he? But J.K. Dobbins, even when he came back and you could tell he wasn't 100%, he, was still, he still had that little bit of wiggle, and he was also at that time in the line was trying to figure itself out. He was that guy getting three to four yards when Mike Davis was getting nothing. So you can throw a swing pass to J.K. Dobbins. He might be able to turn it into something, Jason. Look, again, we'll we'll figure it out when we get there. The reality is by the time he comes back, somebody else is probably dinged up. That's yeah, the nature of running football. backs in this league. That's the nature of an attrition sport. If they're all there, what's the ultimate division of labor? How many running backs and fullbacks and tight ends can a team have active on game day? Well, look, again, if anybody can make the most of it, I would say it's Greg Roman. We do have a poll up. Yeah, and maybe we'll take calls on this later, later in the show. Do you have a bone or I can do it? I got it up right now. You as look long like as me squinting. Are your eyes yeah. all right? No, you're you're too young well, to have it's the it's issues. The sun, I, man. Just it's close just, the thing. Just close. Uh, you know, it's astigmatism. And as long as we've been doing the show, a vocal element of Ravens flock has been calling for Giro's heads. Seems to us that the offensive coordinator has been worth worthy of immense credit for this offense, especially now. What do the Ravens fans think of him now? How would you grade him? A, B, C, D. Easy peasy, Japanesey. You can go up there right through the polls right now and vote on that. It's IA 1057, the fan. Uh, guess wise today, Odyssey MLB insider John Heyman will get his thoughts on, on the World Series, obviously, which just ended this past weekend, and also the hot stove, which, uh, if you're just mostly hot in, stove. Yeah. Uh, the Orioles have declined uh, the option of Jordan Lyles. And they do say the they door is still open. Interests? Yes, and he may be back, but not on the $11 million option that he had available to him. Aditi Kinkabwala, CBS Sports, going to join us, talk some football at 3. Best bets with Tim Murray at 3.15 and Ray Rice at 5 o'clock. Heavy football show, but as we've been telling you guys, we are going to start leaning in more and more to Orioles offseason content because this is going to, this is far and away the most Orioles off, most interesting Orioles offseason, I feel like, in decades because – we're, there, there's Orioles stuff already percolating now. Even when the O's were at their heights under Duquette and Buck, most of what they did was at the end of the offseason, mm-hmm. dumpster diving. That's not going to be the case here. This is a proactive front office that is looking to get better immediately and is ready to wheel and deal at the GM meetings. I, I will say this, though. There was the year they signed Tejada, 
And then they and that's then, decades ago. No, well, not decades. It was like early two thousands. <laughs> that's not, not like decades. It's like a decade. You know, it's, it's so no, it's, it's, it's going decades. on twenty years. I, I think it's probably like two thousand eight ish ish. Uh, but then they were supposed to sign Guerrero as well. Everybody's reporting they were going to sign Guerrero, and they they let that Alpha sit 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 until the Angels signed him. But anyhow. Coming up next. Oh, I pined for the days of Dexter Fowler rumors. Yeah, those were good. Good times. Uh, coming up next, Ravens. Offensive midseason grade. We are sitting here at the midpoint, Ravens, with the bye. What do we grade this offense? We're going to tell you next here on The Fan. Inside Access. Two are on Twitter. And Ken is borderline creepy on the gram. Good news. I found your Instagram. Did you see the 90 photos I liked in a row last night at 2 a.m.? Inside Access, 105.7 The Fan. What I like about Lamar is he's never satisfied. You know, he wants to play a perfect game. We have really good running backs. You know, we've really developed because of what happened probably last year and then this year. Uh, all that being said, it's really a group effort. I mean, everybody working on all aspects of the run game because it's, you know, again, it's a, it's a group effort, and that's what we're getting better at. We still have we still have to get a lot better because we're, we're not where we want to be yet, but we are improving. John Harbaugh talking about the offense, and as we sit here, the Ravens at six and three heading into the bye. You're almost uh, it's like halfway ish, a little past halfway as they play 17 games, but 18 18 weeks. Uh, where will we or how will we grade this Ravens offense, Jason? Well, let's start with the bone. Bone. Let's give bone first dibs at the meat on this bone. So bone. we don't have any pluses or minuses in the poll. I well, would, this could be a diff. That was a G roll poll. We don't have. I mean, we can do whatever we want here. Talking okay, about the yeah. offense as as a whole. I mean, I, I would say a B-plus right now. And has it been perfect? No. Has Lamar Jackson been the most accurate quarterback since week four? No. And the points necessarily haven't been there the whole time. But all in all, look at the first two games. And Jeff Zerebeck had these stats with Kenyon Drake, Mike Davis, Justice Hill. They averaged 2.6 yards per carry first two games. They lead the league in yards per carry right yes, now at five and a By half. A healthy margin. You also got to consider the injuries that they had. Stanley missing the first couple weeks and Linderbaum being a rookie and Ben Powers. What, what do you think of him coming into the offensive line has been excellent. They're getting a lot of production from the running backs right now. Lamar Jackson is running, running the ball very well. And it's a limited cast that he's throwing to at the wide receiver position. So, has it been pretty at all times? No, but all in all, you have to be very pleased with what Greg Roman has done and what this offense has done. I, I kind of look at it like this, and we, we talked about this a little while ago. Lamar from the Patriots game, and he was really good in the Patriots game, but then the Bills game, Bengals game, Giants game, Browns game, not great. Was really good in the second half of the Bucks game, like what I saw yesterday, but he's still leaving stuff on the field. That said, the running game, once they figured once Ronnie Stanley came back, they're back to what they did in 2019, just destroying people. Injuries are a factor as well. I'd go B, maybe B minus, because they're 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 not even when they're they they are throwing the ball, that they're leaving some stuff out there. But I, I think because the running game's been so good and the offensive line is at a level that I didn't think they were gonna get to, I'd go B minus B. I don't know. Maybe I'm just in a good mood. Uh-oh. But I go an A? Well, I don't think you can go lower than a B. I mean, they just ran a 
decent little gauntlet here with Mark Andrews giving him nothing. He gets shut out of the Cleveland game, and he doesn't. Mm. And he's hurt in the other game and doesn't play in that game. And I'm not saying you base it all off of three games, but he 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 came into the year without a left tackle, mm. with second and third rate running backs, with a blocking tight end who's up but barely playing. Right, um, likely needed time to figure some things out. Sure, Bateman was not a thing this year. He was a thing in one game, and really wasn't much of a thing. Like, I don't know, man. That's rookie center. Rookie center. By the way, ESPN doing their, at the midway point, their uh, top 10 uh, rookies in the NFL. They got him ninth. Wow. The top, they have him as a top 10 rookie, Linderbaum. <laughs> Castle's powerful. Yeah. <laughs> the tentacles are yeah. everywhere in the media. It, uh, whether he's a top 10 rookie or not, I, I think when you look at, what this thing looked like in early September and the questions we had, the questions anybody would have had about this group, about the personnel, and the quarterback in a walk year. We know he's not going to walk, but still, what's what's that going to look like every week, Lamar's contract? It hasn't been super pretty. No. Is, the, is that evolution in the past game going to happen this year? No, it can't. It's impossible. Mm-hmm. It's not happening. There's not the people here to do it. There's not the wherewithal to do it, and right now there's not the need to do it. So they've reinvented themselves on the fly again. They're running the ball better than anybody in the league, and Lamar's running less than he has in recent years. We documented that at length last week. Mm-hmm. How do you give him less than a B? I said B, B minus. He said B, B minus. Plus. I, I'm, I'm, Why are you giving a B minus? It's, 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 it's a, literally, it's a slight grade difference than B. I didn't say I'm giving him a B. Yeah, yeah. I said, no, I don't see how anyone can give him less than a B. Well, what are you I'm going to give him a B plus. No, that's what I said. Yeah. A B plus and I slash think, A minus. And I think everything that you said, that's why you almost have to grade this on a curve. But I'd also ask this question. Is this offense going to be better in the second half? And I firmly believe, yes, they've rushed for 150 plus yards in eight straight games, last team to do that was the 1985 Bears. Now, I, I truly believe that that second half of the Bucks that was the turning point for the better for this offense. It's back to 2019. Uh, the reason I would give a B- minus is even with everything we've documented, Lamar is still missing guys. Like he, he's missed some throws, and, and if he can if he can hit more of those throws, I'd probably have a higher grade. That said. With everything they've gone through the first nine weeks, to be six and three, be riding a three-game win streak, to be getting healthier with the guys that can come back, they're in an incredible position. And the big question, Jameson Hensley covers the Ravens for ESPN. He had these stats this morning. Over this five-game stretch that you've referenced, Ken, he's completed less than 60% of his passes four times. He's averaged 175 yards passing. 19.3% off-target rate. That's seventh worst in the league. So while things have been great with his legs and things have been great with helping out the running backs, helping out the offensive line, that's the big question with this team, right, Jason? Like, can they compete if they find themselves in a shootout with their current receiver position? Well, he hasn't turned it over in three weeks, and, and that's, that's, good. that's the starting point. That's, that's the fundamental thing they need. Lamar, be yourself with your legs. Don't turn the ball over. 
And then if you develop more confidence in some of these guys and we get you a legitimate downfield threat besides Andrews, if that emerges somehow, some way, Deshaun Jackson or somebody else's practice squad or Riley Webb or whatever, I don't know, then okay. But in the meantime, if you're going to miss, at least miss high and miss through the back of the end zone. Inside Access here on a Hump Day Wednesday. Coming up next, remember, John Heyman's going to join us at 245. But coming up next, Adley Rutschman, could he actually win Rookie of the Year? And could he be an MVP candidate next season? Totally Radley next here on The Fan. Inside, inside, inside Access with Jason Lockenfora and Ken Wyman. Jason and Tim sit in the bleachers. Hey, bada, 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 bada. Ken sits in his brother's seats behind home plate. Inside Access, 1057 The Fan. Oh, I know that she has made a fool of him like girls have Jason, uh, the Rookie of the Year is going to be announced, uh, what's it, like early next month? Yes, 14th. Yeah, Adley Rutschman is a finalist. He's probably not going to win it. Probably not. Because Julio Rodriguez is going to win the Rookie of the Year. Probably. But he's, but he's also probably going to finish ahead of his former college teammate, Stephen Kwan. I would think so. And which means he's going to he's going to gain a year or so. Well, he's going to, the Orioles are going to lose a year yes. of control of uh, Adley Rochman. But they're going to try to sign him this offseason. Yes, anyway. they are. I think so. We'll see whether they can get that done or not. But I, I would think if you gave Michael Elias truth serum and said, what would your number one organizational goal be this offseason? It would be to secure that generational talent for as long as possible. Yeah, look, I'm not sure he's going to win the Rookie of the Year. You you can make a case that he should. Uh, the fact that the Mariners made the playoffs. And remember, nothing Julio did in the postseason matters. This voting was conducted before then. But the fact that they made it and the impact he made and the fact that that team hadn't been in the playoffs with forever and he was arguably their best player when healthy, I get it. By the way, just just to let you know, uh, Adley's represented by Beverly Hills Sports Council, for whatever that's worth. So that's who they'll be doing the talking to when they try to negotiate this deal. Yeah. That is that. That's not more. That's uh, not Boris. That's not Boris. I think that used to be Jeffrey Moritz. It was veteran MLB agent Danny Horowitz bought the Beverly Hills Sports Council. Yeah, I think he might have bought it from Jeff Moritz. And yeah. it's Minosha. It doesn't matter. Uh Julio's younger. And I, I thought about doing this debate, but then I'm like, no, I'm not going to do it. Because if I heard somebody do it, other than me, I'd probably get mad at him. So I'm not going to do the Julio versus Adley. Because why compare him? Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's we don't need to compare him. They play different positions. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter. But I, I think the discussion is, okay, so he probably doesn't win rookie of the year this year. But are we sitting here a year from now talking about him as a finalist for MVP? which we don't know the full construction of this roster yet, but we know that on paper it's going to look better. Like, it's hard to imagine a scenario where it doesn't look markedly better on paper than it did last March. And seeing the impact that he already made and having to do it in a weird spot, right, coming in in the middle of May and everybody else is already here and when's he going to get called up? and when... All that's behind him. Full off season to prepare, knowing what it's like to be in the major leagues knowing that the expectations are going to be massive on him, but he's been used to that forever. And this team's going to be on national television more next year. Mm. It's just going to be a totally different sort of vibe. 
and the schedule is more balanced, which means they should be able to make a little more hay. I don't think it's crazy to think about it. Like when these future odds come out, you know, on the gambling market, and by the time they do, you should be able to place a bet here locally on an app. What is like? Where's Adley's odds going to be for MVP next year? I think it'd be in the top fifteen-ish, top twenty-ish. Yeah, top twenty-ish probably. And, and and we we compare him a lot to uh, Buster Posey. Buster Posey won an MVP. I don't know if he did it year two, but he's he's obviously got a significant impact on this franchise. They have a winning record since they called him up. And I expect a lot of those doubles to eventually become home runs. Yeah, I, I think it's a conversation. Uh, I, I don't know that I uh, – and it'd probably be a, a smart money bet because you're getting good odds at that point. Yeah. I mean, I think we can say without a shadow of a doubt with Kirk and Trevino being the two all-star catchers in the American League, he's going to start. Yes. But when you're saying finalist, how high do you put in there? Because part of it is – does Aaron Judge stay in the American League? Does Shohei Otani stay in the American League? Well, they're so those saying are they're two, not trading yeah, for whatever yeah, that's the, worth. Those are two big factors there. I mean, I'm saying is he in the top three? Is he in the top six? Is he in the top ten? Well, I, I think it depends on those two, but I think it's definitely plausible. And everything that you said, the Orioles aren't catching people by surprise. They were the feel-good story this year, and they had Little League uh, classic that they played in, which of course was ESPN, and they were really marketing an mm-hmm. Adley Rutschman there. And what he did after the first 20 games, where it was a serious struggle for him, an 872 OPS, he's going to be 25 years old. I, yeah, I mean, the sky is the limit for him. I would think so. And, and you know, you brought up that the Literally Classic, all the kids were around him. Yes, the, like the, he's been he's the first guy they've had like that since Manny Machado yes, or Adam Jones. Easily. So like they like the kids were flocking around they brought Adley Rutschman up for a for what a full inning in the ESPN booth. They that's the probably you know they when they talk to PR and the ESPN's like, "Yeah, we need Adley Rutschman here for this little league game." Yeah, I I think he is his Q factor or whatever they call it, like sort of that measure of a person sort of uh their name brand recognition and becoming synonymous with your sport. And I mean, even like his name, you know what I mean? There's not a whole lot of Adley's like you say, like you don't need to say Adley Rutschman. He's, you know what I mean? He's already got that mm-hmm. single name factor. I, I don't know, man. I, I don't. F- and his first full season in the majors. And you expect this lineup to be better than it was a year ago. Expect everything to be better than it was this year. Um, I don't think it's a stretch. I I really don't. I mean, I think he's going to be among the league leaders in the American League in doubles. He might be in extra base hits. He's going to be in on-base percentage. He's a, he's, he's I you can't tell me that he's dr- as driven as he is that he doesn't have an intricate off-season plan already lined up and one of the priorities is going to be hey, I get better from the hitting from the right side of the plate. Mm-hmm. Like I I just think he's so self-aware. And this sort of soft, kind of a soft launch, right? Again, it starts in the middle of May. He's probably never going to catch Julio anyway. When he comes up, the team is kind of a train wreck. And then the wood it morphed into, and he's now played in a playoff push without it really being a playoff push. I mean, because it was like a quasi push for the final wild card. Wasn't like trying to win a pennant, trying to get the number one seed or win a division. 
But it's still valuable. I just think all that's going to bode so well for him. I don't know, man. I, I, I'm buying it. And maybe year two, not to say that we're placing that expectation where it's, hey, MVP finalist or bust for no. him. But when you talk about the, the prism of his career, I mean, it's absolutely a very real possibility. And you mentioned Buster Posey, mm. Ken. So why can't he duplicate that? And I think it's worth mentioning, maybe this doesn't factor a ton into the MVP discussion, but the intangibles, and you bring it up all the time, the pitch framing, and is that going to exist for the uh, majority of his career without the robo-umps? Probably not, but in the immediate future, it does. And it was always go time when he got brought up. And I remember the quotes from John Means and Trey Mancini at the time. Like, yeah, that that really sparked this clubhouse, and it, it – you know, cued the turnaround. When we, when we look around baseball and we saw what Tampa did with Wander Franco and we've seen what Atlanta has done with multiple guys and what Seattle did with Julio Rodriguez, it's kind of imperative that the Orioles do the same with Adley Rutschman, isn't it? I Again, I think private internal goals for Michael Elias that he would never say out loud, that's number one. I, I got the sense chatting with him the last game of the regular season, even just being standing next to him where you kind of see body language and whatever and the way he responded to the question. I, I mean, yeah. You don't want to – There's, I mean, you want to cling to a talent like that as long as possible, especially when they're just entering their prime. It's a no-brainer, and you've seen multiple teams do it over the past couple of years, and I'm not saying for Michael Elias to hang this guy, uh, hand this guy a blank check, but when you have the payroll flexibility that the Orioles have at this moment, make an aggressive push. I, I mean, it, it would be negligent not to. Off-season starts now. If you're just tuning in, the Orioles have uh, declined the option on Jordan Lyles, but according to multiple sources, the door is open. So they give him a $1 million buyout for now and maybe try to bring him back at a lesser price than the $11 million option. Coming up next, what could the Orioles' off-season look like? We're going to ask Odyssey MLB insider John Heyman next here on The Fan. Jason Lockenfora and Ken Wyman on The Fan. Taking sports to a whole new level. 1057 The Fan. The MLB offseason is here. If you're just tuning in, the Orioles have turned down the $11 million option on Jordan Lyles. And let's get in to some MLB hot stove talk, some early hot stove talk. I believe this is the man who broke the story. Yes, it is. The man who broke the story, and he's an Odyssey MLB insider. John Heyman, insider calls presented by BetQL. Get access to that and insights. Sportsbook don't want you to see. Bet smarter and beat the books. Download the BetQL app or visit BetQL.com today. And, John, good afternoon. Thank you, as always, for joining us. So the Orioles, Michael Elias said late in the uh, season, this offseason was liftoff time. Not to give specific names, what do you think an Orioles offseason looks like free agent-wise? Well, I think they're going to concentrate on starting pitching. That certainly was their weakness. Um, last year, terrific year. I, I certainly get why it's liftoff time, and I, I would look at the, you know, mid I would I don't want to say anything negative mid range starters. You know, good starters. I don't. They're not going to be in the Degrom or the Rodon or the Verlander derbies, but uh, you know, it's good solid starters who can win with a good young up and coming team. Well, uh, on the Jordan Lyles front, and I've kind of thought this all along that eleven might be a little steep, but 
You right. you let him see what's out there, and you come up with a number that makes sense, and then maybe you add some incentives if he really does eat as many innings that get him close to being whole, but you do that rather than commit. Do you think that's sort of the mindset here? Yeah, I mean, I, I think they, they shopped him around to see whether anybody thought he was worth the $11 million. probably didn't get offers, and, uh, you know, ultimately had to decide, and he's probably worth about what they paid him last year, maybe a little bit more, maybe in the 7 to 8 range, mm-hmm. and you know, he was good for the club and uh, good with a young team. Uh, so, you know, I, I wouldn't rule that out as someone they bring back, but certainly a, lower, a little bit lower than 11, $11 million, maybe in the 7 to 8 mm-hmm. range. John, Michael Eyes talked about being aggressive in free agency, but what about internally? How, how aggressive do you think he'll be to possibly inking an Adley Rutschman to a contract extension or maybe even Gunnar Henderson? Yeah, I mean, I just saw Adley Rutschman's agent yesterday, and they indicated nothing was up yet. I mean, it's funny to even discuss this now because he's you know only played a little more than a half a season. But uh, you know that's the way things are going. Obviously, uh, with Julio Rodriguez signing a big deal so early, uh, you know there are teams that uh, do it. Seattle, obviously, a much higher revenue team than the Orioles. So maybe that plays into it. You know, obviously Baltimore has not been throwing around big money. And, you know, I might be a good good way to get Rutschman done early. Sometimes it's better to get someone done earlier. Obviously, uh, you know, in the Chato, they came close, right? I didn't think they had a deal in place for around $70 million at one point and uh, decided maybe his knee wasn't, uh, you know, they weren't so sure about the knee, and that ended up being a mistake. Uh, you know, obviously he ended up getting $300 million and his knee is fine and he's in perfect health and he plays more games than just about anybody. So uh, Rutschman is a terrific guy to build around and uh, certainly would make sense to at least give that a try. But to this point, at least as of yesterday, I, I heard they had not. We're talking to John Heyman, Inside Access, here on The Fan. We've been talking on the show here, John, when we talk about baseball, about possibly the Orioles. They, they seem to have a glut of bats in their farm system and maybe trading for an arm. Jason has mentioned Pablo Lopez a bunch with the Marlins. Do you see the, 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 that as a fit? And are the Marlins looking to move a guy like Pablo Lopez? Yeah, I mean, he's the one guy whose name is clearly out here on the trade market. They have a ton of starting pitching and uh, really uh, they need offense badly. So uh, they had a deal uh, close to being done. Uh, it was not agreed to with uh, Glaber Torres. So that kind of a player who can help immediately with the Marlins, because, you know, they're, they're, while they're, you know, not a first division club at this point, they, they want to get bats that can help them immediately. Uh, we don't know at this point what other starting pitchers will be out there. There will be some others. Uh, Giolito potentially from the White Sox uh, is a possibility. Uh, there'll be other pitchers on the trade market, I'm sure. John, what do you think about the Brewers and dealing from their surplus of arms? Could could uh, Colin Burns be somebody who's moved? Wow, uh, yeah, I, I mean uh, that's a, that's a big get. <laughs> you know, I, 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 you know, the Brewers have been good about trying to win. Unless they're rebuilding, I don't see how Burns would be traded. You know, you hear rumors about different guys. I think most likely they would look to trade somebody like Colt Wong, whose option they just picked up, or a Hunter Renfro. Uh, you know, if they were going to really try, and I think there were, people are already mad at them for trading Hayter, uh, you know, yeah. it would be tough to trade Burns or Woodruff. You know, you hear rumors, but uh, Burns is one I have not heard. 
John, the Giants regressed last year, and I saw you reporting that they're going to be aggressive in trying to add this offseason. Uh, do you have any players that they could possibly uh, target or position? Aaron Judge? Yeah. Well, Judge will be a guy that they're talking to, no question about that. And then uh, they'll probably look at shortstops. You know, Crawford's got another year to go, but uh, certainly uh, was an MVP candidate the previous year, was not that last year. You know, those are the best players on the market. It's, it's Judge and the four shortstops. Uh, uh, Trey Turner, I assume if he goes stays on the West Coast, it would be the Dodgers, so probably not him, but they'd probably look at the other shortstops that are out there, Correa, Bogert, and uh, Swanson. John, I want to stick with Judge. It, it, how realistic is it, in your opinion, that the Yankees let him out of the building, let him go somewhere else? Well, they're going to make it. They're going to try hard, is what they say. And I guess it's in the eye of the beholder. We'll see what Judge thinks about it. But I think they'll offer more than he asked for, more than the thirty-six million a year. We'll see if somebody's out there willing to blow him away and go to forty or over forty. Uh, you know, there's no guarantees in free agency. Nobody thought Freddie Freeman was going anywhere. So, uh, you know, obviously Judge has the ability to go somewhere else. And he may well go. Uh, you know, if I would bet today, I would say the Yankees are a favorite, but there's no guarantee. So we don't really know exactly what Hal Steinbrenner is willing to do or not willing to do. But on the other side of town, our buddy Buck's owner, um, Cohen seems driven to do whatever. I've heard rumblings of, of Turner or one of these other shortstops. How would that work? Are you moving Lindor to second base? Are you like, I- yeah, no, no, no. Lindor is their shortstop. Um, you know, I, I think that's a, an incredible long shot. I just don't see that happening. I wrote about that in the post today because it's out there. Yeah. They like him, and, you know, they think he can be a good center fielder. But, I mean, there's nine teams looking for a shortstop, nine big market teams. He certainly will have the opportunity to play shortstop somewhere. So, I, I mean, I think the chances of that are like 1% at best. So, I, I'm not seeing that. Mm-hmm. They're trying to look for options uh, if they don't get Brandon Nimmo. But, uh, I, I don't think that's one of them, really. John, another big money club, Dodgers. They got a lot of salary coming off the books with some key free agents. How do you see them attacking the hot stove season? Well, they need to get a shortstop, the Dodgers do. Uh, so, you know, Turner, Correa, Bogertz, Swanson, those are the options. Uh, Turner, I think all things being equal, he'd go back, he'd go back east if he could. He tried not to go to uh, the Dodgers when he was traded there originally, but says he likes it now. Um, so, you know, I, I, I think Turner will end up in the East Coast somewhere, most likely. So they have to look at the other three guys, uh, Correa, uh, Bogertz, and Swanson. Um, Swanson certainly could be a possibility for them. They could move Lux over from second. Uh, they've drafted and developed very, very well. They, they're, they're in good position to do what they want. Uh, that rumor that they'll move bets to second and have Judge come in, I think that one's a, a major long shot. John, we can't let you go without getting your thoughts on the World Series. Astros, that second World Series in six years, uh, I, that's not a dynasty, but they've been so dominant now for such a long time. I think six straight ALCS is what do you make of the Astros and then moving forward, bringing Dusty back? Well, I mean, they did a great job. He did a great job. I mean, he was the natural hire to try to move on from the scandal to bring in a great guy like that who was so beloved, not just respected, beloved. And uh, so, and he did a great job. He's an unbelievable manager. He went in Cincinnati. Nobody wins in Cincinnati. So, I mean, he's clearly a Hall of Famer. 
and good for him. John, thanks so much for taking some time out of your busy day to join us for a few minutes. All right. Thank you. Yep. Uh, This was Odyssey MLB Insider John Heyman. Insider calls presented by BetQL. BetQL is here to help us all make better bets through real proven analytics. Bet smarter and beat the books. Download the BetQL app or visit BetQL.com today. Coming up next here on the program, the Ravens, they had their getting into the bye week press conference. John Harbaugh and some of the position coaches. We'll hear from Harbs next here on The Fan. Inside Access with Jason and Ken. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. 